Hey there, Points of Penalties fans, and welcome to episode 29. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh. Jesse's away, but with me are my co-hosts, Peter and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm having myself for the first time an IPA. It's called Symphony. It's a uh, strong beer at a 6.9%. Woo. Woo. I had to do this. Jesse's not here. Um, it's all right. I can get into it at the end. But as of now, it's, uh, it's drinkable. Where is it from? Uh, where does it say it's from here? Uh, can't. Oh, Bishop. It's uh, 1000 Bishop uh, Street, Cambridge, Ontario. Look at that, right in Cambridge, eh? Yeah, like it. it it's local, so give her a go. Pedro, what you drinking? Yeah, thanks, Kev. I'm drinking Flying Monkeys Craft Brewery Worlds Away Modern Lager. I don't know what a modern lager is, <laughs> but this one's pretty good. I guess it's just new. I don't know. It's 4.7%. Uh, Kev, you should really bring the heat when Jesse is here. Got to make sure he doesn't win these things. Yeah, it's a waste of a 6.9 beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I got, I got, I got backup for next week. That <laughs> a boy. Yeah, the uh, world's away is pretty good. Josh, what are you drinking? So I've got an endless summer pineapple sour from Manitoulin Brewing Company. I've never had a pineapple sour before. My first uh, sip made me pucker up like crazy because it is quite sour, but it's pretty good. I like it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely a summer beer, and uh, hey, it's August, it's summer, so. This is what we do. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, boys. <laughs> so, Pete, I'm going to bounce the ball right over to you to start us off with some NBA news. All right. So, starting off the NBA, we've got some big name free agent signings. First of all, Kawhi Leonard, who I think we mentioned last week, had signed a deal, but we didn't know the particulars of it. Uh, so, now we know he's re up with the Clippers for four years at a $176 million max contract. Oh, that poor, poor man gotten paid. He's getting paid again. Yeah. Another bag of cash. That's right. And Luka Doncic uh, re-ups with the Mavericks for five years at a Supermax rookie extension, $207 million. This is a crazy amount of money. It's just nuts. But he, he's, he's the future, man. He's yeah. the future of this game. He really is. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see him at the end of that five years. You know, not to see how rich he is, but just, just, to just see how underpaid he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just to see what kind of stuff he can do, you know, what kind of records he holds and, and stuff like that already. Uh, yeah. I think this guy is going to be one of the legends uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah. I think you're probably right. And that deal is going to be worth every penny. Yeah. Uh, and not so notably, but uh, Dennis Schroeder. Signs of the Celtics on a one-year deal worth five point nine million. Yeah, this one's not going to win you the uh, the championship, but he'll help you on the way. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's a good, solid player. I don't have any problem with Schroeder. Right? He uh, he actually worked well with LeBron, but I guess LeBron said, "The fuck out of here! I want Russ and all these other guys." So. Simply not old enough. Yeah. Not old yeah. enough to make the cut. <laughs> 
that brings us into the summer league. So uh, the top five picks of the uh, recent draft have shown up big time in the summer league. Uh, none of them lighting it on fire or anything, but they definitely are coming to play. Uh, Kate Cunningham has putting up uh, an average of 18 points, 15 boards, and two assists per game. Jalen Green's uh, 20 points, four boards, and two assists. He is now taking a precautionary MRI for a hamstring, and he's probably going to miss the remainder of the summer league, which is not a ton more basketball anyway. Evan Mobley with Cavs uh, is averaging 11 points, seven boards, and three assists in his three games. Scotty Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> and the Raps averaging 15 points, six boards, and three assists through four games. And Jalen Suggs, who the reps maybe should have taken, but well, time will tell. But the Magic is uh, averaging 15 points, six boards, and three assists through three games. And he is out for the remainder of the summer league as well with a sprained left thumb. Uh, I'm sure he'll be fine for when the real ball starts in the fall. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I like, uh, I like seeing all these young guys playing fairly well with their new teams. Uh, you know, in the past, the league hadn't allowed players if you hadn't fully signed to play in the summer league. So now they've kind of relaxed these rules and it's allowing some of these guys that don't necessarily have that contract signed to still play because uh, they are committed and so on and so forth. Um, so it's nice because you're getting, you know, a one, two matchup, you know, for first overall, second overall pick matchup in these summer league games. And it's the first taste of NBA action for these guys and, and for the new season for us fans. So uh, it's, it's, pretty sweet to see and so far Masai and uh and Bobby have done a have done a good job with the Raps selecting Scotty Barnes he's, he's playing pretty good so far in the summer league and I've uh, I've enjoyed what I see I'm not big on his hair but that's all right that's not my not my problem right yeah. <laughs> it's his hair not mine <laughs> but uh so far so good on this pick I I hope he uh I hope Masai knew something that we didn't which is probably a lot but yeah, yeah, for sure. For the ones that are not signed, um, they play in the 905 league, I take it. I mean, you're saying there's people in here that are not signed, um, so they can basically show their talents so they can possibly get signed or go to the 905? Well, the 905 is the, is a team in the G League, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the, this is basically G League teams or D, G League players, yeah, just like showing their talents essentially for for the pros or guys that have played in the past and that maybe kind of retired or didn't where it's kind of a forced retirement uh because nobody wanted them because they weren't necessarily good enough I and mean, they've gotten themselves back into shape as an older player and are trying to impress a team to bring them back on as a role player type guy i didn't know that i thought it was always just like uh young guys uh, rookies and uh, early players that are they're playing to showcase until I didn't know older players were welcome. Yeah, for the most part, it is the younger guys, but like there's um there's a couple guys that the, the uh trailblazers are working out uh that are on their team uh that are older guys. And uh you know, they're looking to maybe bring them on as as uh filling guys and as role players and maybe that potential uh, leadership in the playoffs, right? As an older guy. So yeah, really. So the Raptors in the summer league are three and one so far, which is not too bad. Showcasing some of our younger talent. 
averaging 86.5 points per game. And uh, Precious Achiwa, not sure if that's how to say his name, but that's my stab at it. He's averaging 16 points and seven boards through three games. He was added, of course, in the uh, Kyle Lowry Tanner trade. And Malachi Flynn, he's still uh, playing well, showcasing himself well to make a get a spot on the Raptors come the fall. He's averaging 16 points, five boards, and three assists through four games. Yeah, this is great to see these guys are playing pretty well. I know with Scotty Barnes and uh, the rest of the crew there. Really love the the addition here of Precious. We can use the big man and hopefully hopefully he can he can be that big man for us uh, for the next handful of years and turn into a solid offensive and defensive player. And Malachi yeah. is Malachi. He's been great. Uh, when he's been had to step in, he played a game in the G League and then uh, during the day and then flew and met the Raptors in another uh, in the same day and played a second game. And that's pretty intense, man. So that's crazy. yeah, I like a guy that does that and has no problem doing it and puts his balls to the wall. And, and uh, I think he's, he's got the grit and, uh, and the passion that that Raptors fans and, uh, and Toronto fans in general love. So I think he's, uh, he's going to continue to fit in well. Yeah. Good stuff. So that's one summer league that's going on. Tell us about the, the real boys of summer. What's going on in the MLB right now? Well, this week we've had a couple records broken. We had a retiree. We had a kick-ass game and a bunch of corn. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. So, first off, start with the records. Corbin Burns. We've talked about this guy a few times over the, uh, the course of the year. He was facing the Cubs earlier in the week, and he now ties the MLB record with 10 consecutive strikeouts. He ties Tom Seaver in 1970. And if you remember back to one of our MVP winners, uh, Aaron Nola won, or sorry, did the same thing, 10 consecutive strikeouts uh, in June of 2021. There's also a couple guys that got nine consecutive strikeouts uh, this season as well. So, you know, whether it be the ball, uh, or maybe these pitchers are just getting that much better with spin rates and and so on and so forth. Again, could be the ball. Uh, it's really adding up to these strikeouts, and it's you know it's not it's not as exciting as home runs, but getting ten consecutive strikeouts if you're on the pitcher side is that's awesome, man. It feels so good. You don't have to do a damn thing in the outfield. You're just chilling, and your pitcher is taking care of business. Just watching your boy do work. That's right. Yeah. And so he, his 2021 stats are great. Seven and four, 2.23 ERA, 172 Ks and a 0.93 whip, which is pretty, pretty good. Couldn't earn himself the points and penalties MVP though. Not this week. It's all about timing, my friend. Yep. You, you got it right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little prelude to what's up next, but in the MVP, but so far, uh, Adam Wainwright versus the pirates earlier in the week. He becomes the oldest pitcher to throw a shutout on 88 pitches or fewer since pitches have been counted. That's unreal. That's a long time ago. 88 but pitches. 88. That's, it. that's, that's, yeah. a, that's unreal. That's not very many pitches at all. Nope. So he went nine innings, two hit balls, seven strikeouts. And of course, it's an NL team, NL league. So he had to hit. He was two for four with a double and an RBI. So basically. Big, big day. 
Yeah, right. big day. And basically, he beat the Pirates with his one RBI. Yeah. <laughs> he beat the Pirates. So pretty sweet to, uh, to see Wayne right there do that. That's 88 pitches, and that's that's not, uh, not very many at all. It's less than 10 per inning. Yeah, like, exactly. Must have been a lot of double plays, though. Yeah, well, yeah, because it wasn't a crazy amount of strikeouts, so there had to have been some double plays. And hey, he'll take it. Yeah, take man. it how you get it, right? That's Wins right. a win, and when you can write your name in the books, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, for sure. Another guy that's going to write his name in the book, a guy that hopefully you guys don't challenge me on, like he, like Jesse did back in week two or three, <laughs> Chris Davis. The That's actual Chris, one that plays Chris for Baltimore. With a K, right? Chris with no, a no, K. this is Chris with a C. <laughs> the one that actually played for Baltimore. <laughs> he has called it quits, retiring after his 13-year big league career. He played for the aforementioned Baltimore Orioles and the Texas Rangers. He has 1,160 career hits, 780 RBI, and 295 home runs. And I'm willing to bet there is a very, very large chunk of those home runs that came against the Blue Jays. For yeah. sure. Glad he's retired. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Definitely hit a bunch at the Rogers Center. Sorry, I mean Skydome. Oh, wait, it's the Rogers Center. No, it's the Skydome. It's the Skydome, it's 100%. It's a nice place to play ball, I think. I mean, I'm sure it's not the nicest place, but... You know, it's actually a fireball offense in my company to call it the Rogers Center. Really? Because we... We built it, built it when it was Skydome. <laughs> when yeah. it was Skydome, and yeah, huh. you, call, you call it anything other than Skydome, and you're fucking that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a real rule, it's an unofficial rule, but yeah, yeah, and it's unwritten, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, nice places to play Skydome, Rogers Center, whatever. Another nice place to be the field of dreams. How would you guys like to play in the middle of a cornfield? If you build it, I will come. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. <laughs> Well, that's right. So the Field of Dreams game was this week. It was actually on Thursday. Yankees versus the White Sox. And the White Sox ended up with a walk-off win. They won 9-8. to eight. Tim Anderson hitting the walk-off two-run shot. With some swagger, too. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. That was amazing. Yeah, it was definitely like a, um, a Hollywood ending to this yeah. game. Oh, look at you. There was a ton of home runs, and I'm sure all these guys just love being able to hit one into the corn. Jose Abreu, Aaron Judge, Elo Jimenez, Sebi Zaleva, Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge again, Giancarlo Stanton, and of course the aforementioned Tim Anderson with the walk-off jack. That's a lot of a lot of home runs. Exciting. Uh, I, I saw one kid, you know, a tween, if you will, running into the uh, into the corn after. I think it was an Aaron judge home run uh, and he ended up finding the ball and, you know, just his face was, you know, it was just better than even catching a, a home run ball just because he had to go through the corn and find it. And just, uh, you know, it's one time where baseball gives you the feels. Yeah, man, for sure. So I don't know if you guys know the answer to this, but I assume the field is smaller than like a standard MLB field. If there's this many home runs or were they just, feeling it that much i think it's a little bit smaller but i'm not 100 percent sure i didn't uh i didn't look into the statistics okay. of left and right field but i would think it's i mean 
maybe maybe it's as long as the short porch and right in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Maybe it's all yeah. the way around, right? Yeah, right. And it definitely doesn't have a green monster. It's only got a five foot fence, maybe. Yeah. So I can't hide the corn. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That oh. was decent on all. They all came out too, though. They all came out of the cornfield, and yeah. they had uh, Kevin Costner was in um, either one of the outfields, just uh, soaking it in. But yeah, it was it was amazing. It was it was honestly giving you that goosebump kind of feel game. For sure. It was cool. I really, I really hope they do it every year, and maybe even like if it is shorter and if it's significantly shorter then just chop down some of the fucking corn and make it a bigger <laughs> field <laughs> like, and, and make this a, a kind of like a winter classic. Like they do in the, uh, in the NHL, you know, make this one of those games. I think that would be fucking sweet. That would be cool. Yeah. You could do other places too. Like it doesn't have to be a cornfield. Right. I get, I get that the cornfield is a field of dreams. Reference hey man, and everything. The old sandlot. Yeah. How, man. how many of us played on an old dirt fucking, you know, thing with a shitty little backstop or not when you had to run for the fucking ball. So, yeah. Yeah, make that it an endless, endless outfield. Yeah. You gotta that would be it. cool. You got to run and get that ball. So you're going to see a lot of in-the-park <laughs> home runs, but. Maybe you can let them have a rover then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go there <laughs> chuck it into you. Okay, Blue Jays. I had said that they needed to win every game this week. They did not. Yeah, how's that going? Uh, not, <laughs> not going great. Not going great at all. But they won a couple games. So they were 2-2 two and two versus L.A., uh, the Angels, that is. They were 1-2 and two versus Seattle, being 3-4 and four on the week. Again, not good enough. Not good enough at all. They're lucky that the Yanks lost the Field of Dreams game. (laughs) So that puts the Jays at 63 and 54, seven and a half games back of Tampa, and two and a half games back of the second wild card spot, which is currently being held by Boston. They can do it. They can do it. No matter what, we're chasing an AL East team, whether it's in the fucking division or in the wild cards. But right now, anyway. Oh, actually, I looked at the wrong thing. Sorry, it's four and a half games back. The Blue Jays. My apologies. Mamma mia. Four and a half games back. My apologies. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's not as good. (laughs) It's still possible. It's still possible. But uh, that's the only chance is the wild card. There's no. Yeah. There's lots of runway left, but they gotta they gotta put it together, man. They gotta start winning these series and winning. They gotta win. Yeah, for sure. Especially against, like, you need to win both of these series, LA Angels and Seattle Manders. Like, those are, you have to win those two series, even if it's just a win, you know, as opposed to sweeps. Yeah. You got to get the wins on the the whole series. So, another record, Alec Manoa. This guy ties the Blue Jays' record for Ks in one game by a rookie with 11. He previously had 10 Ks in a game earlier in the year, including seven consecutive. Which I think, again, was a record. It, it is, yes. At least the Blue Jays. Yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty cool. This guy is still just, he's playing great, throwing fire. You know, he's, he's had a, his off day or two here and here and there, but 
he's been solid since they brought him up. And I remember Pete, you said it's as long as they bring him up when he's ready. And apparently he's, they did. He's ready. Yeah, he's ready. <laughs> the, the, uh, the scouts and the, and the trainers and so on and so forth. They knew what, uh, what they're doing on that one. And I know it's been a great addition. Now, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., our Triple Crown watch. As of uh, Saturday night, he was second in home runs with 35 behind Otani. He's got 39, still mashing fucking balls. Vladdy's sixth in average, 315 behind Brantley of 331. And he's second in RBIs with 88, one behind Rafael Devers. It's still definitely possible, but it's not going to happen. It's the average at this point. And it's going to be tough to catch Otani. I think this guy has been just keeps mashing balls. And yeah. I was actually able to watch the game. Uh, obviously, it was late as fuck at night because it's a West Coast game. But Otani was pitching against the Jays, and it was awesome just to be able to see him pitch and then get up there and hit. And and uh, you know, you can see he really he really tries to help himself out offensively for his defense, you know, for his own defense. So <laughs> need some run support, get it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Get it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why they call them showtime. Uh, and lastly, for the blue Jays update, my boy, Georgie Springer is hurt again. Hopefully not for a long time. Right now he's day to day with a mild left ankle sprain you know, on Saturday night's game. He was attempting to make a catch out in center field. He missed it, whiffed, came down hard and awkwardly on his left leg and immediately grabbed his ankle. It, uh, it looked worse than it seems to be. He went down in a heap and was, you know, seemed like he was in massive pain and he was down for a while. It didn't look like he was going to be able to put any pressure on it. And then he was able to slowly and gingerly walk off the field on his own. Uh, he did need help getting down the stairs of the dugout, but just that walk, uh, you know, gives us a little bit of hope that it's nothing crazy bad and uh, x-rays have come back negative. So he's good that way. No breaks, but again, day to day, that sucks. I need him. I got one game left in my fantasy league to make the playoffs. I need a win. And in order to get a win, I'm going to need a good, healthy George Springer. And if he's day to day, I'm probably fucked. <laughs> well, at least it's like a little ankle, not his leg. Like it's what, um, hamstring or quad. I mean, yeah, fair enough. But ankles can be just as bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, for instance, my dad is 61 years old and he, he bombed his, his ankle out years and years and years ago. And it still bothers him to this day. But an you ankle, know? you can probably tape up to the point where it's not going to cause so much strain or pain than you can with your leg. Yeah. So, I mean, even that, in that fate, I mean, this guy could actually have a chance of coming back earlier. Just taper up, bud. Well, I mean, it's only day to day right now. So I'm yeah. not, you know, not too, too concerned, but I'm pretty sure day to day with him earlier meant <laughs> 10 days and then 30 yeah. days. And so, yeah. so maybe I should be worried. Yeah. Hopefully he's not hurt too bad. And it's the, uh, he can avoid being injury prone in his blue jays career yeah and i mean the jays gonna need gonna need him to uh to keep winning and to hopefully make that push for that wild card spot so yeah he's been playing great too he's been playing great i need that wild card yeah you do man. just for my prediction alone i need that wild card well you need a lot more than that 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starts that's, with a wild card. That's though. a start, though. That's a start. <laughs> it is a start. And Pete, you're right. He has been playing lights out since he went basically went to the leadoff uh, spot. Yeah. You know, they had him down lower and he wasn't doing great and then pushed him to the number one spot and he started lighting it up. So through 48 games, 274, 16 home runs and 35 RBI. That's, that's, uh, that's not too, too bad. Not too, too bad. So we got one more thing in the MLB. It's coming up in just a second. This week's points and penalties MVP is the Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher, Tyler Gilbert. He throws a no-hitter in his very first career MLB start. That's impressive. That's insane. First time that's happened since 1968. Yeah, nine innings pitched, five strikeouts, three walks, 102 pitches. It's the eighth no-hitter. In 2021, tying an MLB record in one season, going back to 1891. Insane. Wow. I definitely think the balls might have something to do with that. But anyway. (laughs) Uh, And he had pitched in relief in three previous games, totaling, um, what's that total? Three and (laughs) two-thirds. Three and two-thirds. Okay. Three and two-thirds inning pitched (laughs) prior to his big league start, where he learned he also learned to be an electrician with his dad during 2020 while the pandemic canceled minor league ball. Yeah, so why, yeah. Why, why would we put that in there, Josh? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a good profession. It's a good profession. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about that at all. <laughs> no, this is pretty sweet, man. Uh, no hitter in your first big league start. And I mean, those three and two thirds innings, you pretty much just wash that out of the, who gives a fuck about that after throwing a no, no in your first start, you're a starter now. And, and you're in the record books already, so yeah, get, get sure. ready to lace them up for your next start. Great start to this kid's career. Uh, How old? How old is this kid? He must uh, be young. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 27. That's a guess, but I'm gonna say it. And I'm gonna challenge you and say he's less. All right, all right, let's do it. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's about uh, 25. 25, eh? All right. And so did you look it up before you challenged me? <laughs> no, just for fun, I'm going to jump into it. I'm going to challenge and say he's 20. I'll go in the middle. 26. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Let's look <laughs> this shit up. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm right, according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia never lies. Never. <laughs> I know. <laughs> December 22nd. Yeah, December 22nd of 93. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Shit. Look at that. That's there fucking sweet. Thanks, boys. You're welcome. Does that mean I get two points or just oh no, it's just two minuses. Yeah, just two minuses. You only get yeah. one. Don't get greedy now. Don't get greedy. <laughs> hey, I need all the fucking points I can get. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Kev I mean, definitely does. <laughs> you need them too. But so do I, because Jesse, the rat bastard, took the lead on me. He took the lead last week uh, with the big heavily weighted washer toss tourney. Yeah, we might have been uh, a little bit inebriated when we came up with the scoring of the Washington <laughs> tournament. <laughs> well, I think we were maybe hoping that we'd all up end up in the top four, and then our significant others would end in the bottom four, and it would kind of all even out. But Pete, you and I sucked. Yeah, yeah, we blew it. <laughs> yeah. We blew it. 
that shit happens. That's life. It is. On to some somber news in the National Hockey League. NHL legend, goaltender Tony Esposito has passed away uh, after a battle with cancer. He's a Hall of Fame goaltender with the Blackhawks. He was an early pioneer of the butterfly style. He holds the record for the most shutouts in one season in modern era, uh, which is since 1942 for some reason. I don't know what happened in 42, but apparently that's the modern era. Uh, There were some more shutouts before that, but he holds the record since then. And he was a three-time Vizna winner, and he won Rookie of the Year back when, uh, I think that was when he joined the Blackhawks and put up those 15 shutouts. So sad to see Tony Esposito pass away. It's Phil's younger brother, and Phil's Phil's still kicking. Yeah, Phil's a year older. Like you said, still kicking, but it was the cancer that got him. So yeah. But how cool is it though to go up against your brother and score on him? Hundred percent, or stone him cold the other oh, way around, 100%, right? right? Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. And especially at the highest level too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not not just out on the street, you know. Right, That's yeah. cool too. But playing ball hockey. Yeah. Now, did Tony started it and ended his career in Chicago? Did he not, or no? Did he no. Go somewhere else? No. He started. He started with the Canadians for a very short time. Then all the rest of his career was with the Blackhawks. That would have been around the same time as uh, as Bobby Hall too, right? So they would have been kind of part of those same bunch of teams, I bet. Uh, I believe so. It's more Cavs era. Cavino. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was watching them back in 1986. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inside uh, joke. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I do know that was the prior. There was like uh, not just the NHL at one point, right? There was like uh, the AHL and vice versa. I think that's where that Chicago was and wasn't it not? Wasn't it the WHL? WHL? Yeah. yeah. Like Chicago's original six, so they would have right. been NHL. It was the Jets and all them was like the WHL, was it not? Yeah. Something like that. Again, that's more your era. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking us that question? <laughs> tell tell us. Tell us how it was, Kev. Tell us how it was. Yeah. This old guy needs a reminder every now and then. That's all. Yeah, we could. Kev's not that old. I mean he's old. He's I'm old. old. It's not that old. Yeah. So the Winnipeg Jets are uh, making news because they have put out a PR message that they will be selling to full capacity for all their games this upcoming season, which is great. Yep. Uh, but they are going to require that all guests, all employees, and all event staff must show full proof of vaccination to be able to get in. So that's a real strong stance by the Jets and their ownership group. But that's that might be what it takes to uh, to be able to go full capacity. And when it comes down to it, this is a business. They need yeah, to yeah. sell seeds. They need to sell lots of seeds from, you know, got to make up for the last couple of years. So, you know, as much as you can say, all you know, all the stuff about taking away your rights and blah, 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 blah. If this is a business decision and that's where the way they've done it. That's the way I'm seeing it anyway. And, uh, and like I said, maybe it is a good way to, you know, for a, a Jets fan that may not necessarily want to go get the vaccine, but now he's like, you know what? If I want to see my team play, I got to go get it, suck it up. That could also be part of the um, with the ticket holders, like uh, season ticket holders. They're sending they maybe anti-vax. Now they're going to say, I'm going to lose my tickets or whatever, so I'm going to get back so I can go watch these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
And I think I heard that the season ticket holders weighed heavily into this decision mm-hmm. and they were strongly in favor of mandating that everybody be fully vaccinated. That makes total sense. They're the right. ones that are there, you know, for conceivably 41 games a year. Yeah. Right. right. So, I mean, they're there lots. That's a lot of people for them to be around. And if you're going to feel more comfortable with uh, all the people vaxxed, uh, I don't have a problem with this at all. It's going to cause some, some waves. Some, they're going to be bigger, bigger than ripples. They'll definitely be waves. So, and I'm sure they're going to have to deal with that, but do the players need to be fully vaxxed? Well, that is an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the NFL, there's been lots of guys that have said, Nope, I'm not getting vaccinated and it's causing issues. And so I would, I would assume that it'd be the same in all the sports and with this mandate, you know, how can you say as a fan, well, why do I have to be vaccinated if the goalie doesn't need to be right. or, or whoever, right? Yeah. That'd be interesting to see. I haven't heard anything like mandating what the rules are for players in the NHL. Mm-hmm. There might be something out there. I just, I'm not aware of it. I would hope there would be. But there, there probably will be coming up to this upcoming season if there isn't already. They're probably working on at least something. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's... Like you say, if they're they're sort of role models out there, if they're they're not vaccinated, and I got to be vaccinated to go see them. What yeah. the fuck is going on? Exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But, uh, I think it's it's probably you know obviously they've weighed the the pros and the cons, and they they likely feel that it's the best business decision for them, and I got to agree with them. Yeah, in here. Okay, that brings us to Austin Matthews. Yeah. He is getting surgery on his wrist. Uh, which well it's probably a good thing uh we assume or at least i assume probably we assume that it's the wrist that was bothering him all season i don't see why it would be the other one we heard all year long about nagging wrist injuries he missed a handful of games because of his wrist injury and it looks like he's getting it uh, surgically fixed and it's a minimum six weeks to recover which will put him right around the start of the preseason that's the minimum time frame. It might take longer for it to recover, but he's a 23-year-old athlete or something like that, so it should, the minimum should be about right. And all season long, as the wrist is bothering him, he still managed to pocket uh, 41 goals in 52 games and win himself the Rocket Richard Trophy. Hell yeah. So hopefully that is only going to go up from here as he surgically fixes the wrist that was bothering him. And apparently... According to a quote from Sheldon Keith, power play was actually juggled around a little bit so the Matthews wouldn't be in a one-timer position because of the wrist injury. So hopefully, because the power play sucked, hopefully that's a good reason why it sucked and he'll be ready to go come the start of the real season this year and he can be in the right spot in the power play and hopefully the power play won't suck as much this year as it did this past year, especially in the playoffs, by the way. I do wonder why they, he kind of waited this long to, to get the surgery. Like why, why not do it pretty much right away after the season, like get her done. So you can be, you know, 150% ready. Yeah, for sure. So I, I assume that it's, he was hoping to not have to get surgery. Of course. Yeah, and uh, he probably took some time off after the season ended, tried to rehab a bit, and I think now is about the time they're getting back into off-season workouts. 
So those, that same motion comes back and there's the injury. Yeah. Again. He probably got into it and said, Oh yeah, it's still hurting. Let's talk to the medical staff here too. We're going to do. I mean, better now than even later. Right. So sure. if, even if he misses all the preseason, you know, that still gives him a month or is it a month? Is it a month of preseason? Probably not quite, but uh, it's two weeks, maybe. Whatever. Yeah. So it still gives him an extra two weeks before real games. So any, then even then, you know, you miss the first couple. Yeah, yeah no it big deal. sucks, but no big deal. Exactly. Yeah. I'd rather have him for the last couple than the first couple. So that's right. But yeah, hopefully that does uh, create uh, a better power play because he can. Well, if he's not shooting one timers, he's not gonna. I bet you he doesn't put in as many goals on the power play as he did in the past. But right. maybe he does because it sucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to wait and see, but uh, I have high hopes. Hopefully, this doesn't do any fucking damage or anything. But I don't see why it would. I I I heard that it was a successful surgery. So yeah. Okay, and former Leaf, sort of dad to Austin Matthews, if you will, <laughs> maybe impromptu father figure. Old man Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe, moved on from the Leafs. He has signed a one-year league minimum deal with the Florida Panthers. And he had similar kind of sentiments to when he joined the Leafs that he's he's after a cup. Well, you went to the wrong spot then. <laughs> well, the Panthers are they're half decent. Man. They're they're pretty good. They're not, you know, they're Colorado would be a better choice. Right. But they probably didn't want him. Florida's not not a bad choice. There's 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 a chance there. It'd be nice to see Joe win a championship. Yep. I'd much rather see the Leafs win, of course. But yeah, if Florida wins, that wouldn't hurt my feelings too much, especially with Joe on there. So we'll see. So to take one out of Jesse's book, I'm going to ask you, do you think Joe has a better chance of getting out of the first round with the Panthers than he does the Leafs? No. Yeah. Yes. No. Guaranteed. <laughs> no. Of course. No. Of course. Uh, no. Fuck. It's the Leafs. <laughs> exactly. It's the Panthers. Uh, but the Leafs haven't gotten out of the first round in how long? Decades, literally decades. And when have the Panthers been there? More recently than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when offhand, but more recently than that. I guarantee it. I think the only time I remember is with um, Van Rees, Ben Reams. No, oh, what the hell is that guy's name? The goalie that fuck. I call him Pit the Pit because it Van took his name. Yes, that's the <laughs> that's the last time I can remember them being there with them throwing rats on the ice and shit like that. I think you guys should fucking challenge each other. See, I would, but like, I, here, okay, I'll throw this out there. They've definitely made the second round since Van Beesbrook was there. You cool with that? <laughs> He's thinking about it. You, you didn't really state that, so you know, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you think about it and see if uh, toss. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to because it's the only time I can recall that they've actually done well. Yeah, I'll challenge that. Okay, I don't know how you're going to fucking find that out. Okay, somebody look for when Van Beesbrook played with Florida, and I'll look for Florida's playoff history. <laughs> All right, I got Van Beesbrook. Oh, my God, you might be right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm just going to give it to you. They haven't made it to the second round since 1996. Van Beesbrook played from 93 to 98 in Florida. Oh my God. That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I almost feel better about being a Leaf fan. 
Okay. Fucking I, Kev with the plus one. I just oh. got to read this to you because this is embarrassing. I'm going to go from the time they lost in the Stanley Cup final with Van Beenbrook in 1996. This is their results since then in order. Lost the first round, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs. Lost the first round, missed the playoffs, 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 missed the playoffs. Missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs. Lost the first round in 2012. Missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs. Lost the first round in 2016. Missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs. And lost in the first round last year. Wow. Oh my God. That's Good just luck. as bad as the leaves, man. Michelle. Good luck, <laughs> Joe. You went to the wrong team. worse. Yeah. At least the leaves have been fucking making the playoffs. Oh my Great. God. So, that's crazy. That's crazy. I really did not think they were that bad. Wow. <laughs> Good on you, Kev. Yeah, yeah, that was a good challenge, Kev. <laughs> I mean, I kind of maybe would have maybe incited that a little bit, but <laughs> man, oh man. All right. So Jumbo Joe signed in Florida. There's some other big name restrictive reagents that have yet to sign. The biggest two, both on the same team, Vancouver Canucks have yet to sign either Quinn Hughes or Elias Peterson. They're two best players. They currently have $10.6 million cap space, according to Cap Brendan. And they're likely to put uh, Michael Furlan on LTIR, though. So that'll get a, an extra $3.5 million. So they have about $14 million available. And based, like, you see the deal that, like, Kale McCarr and mm-hmm. Darnell Nurse and these guys signed, they're $9 million deals. Yep. And Hughes is a similar caliber of player. So if you had, even if you give him a discount and call him an $8 million player, that only leaves six for Peterson, which is not enough. This is, I don't know how they're going to do this. They're going to have to do some bridge deals or something. They're in a rough situation. And so Peterson, when asked about the negotiations, how they're going, he was quoted as saying, I want to stay there now, but I also want to play for a team that's winning. He went on to say some other stuff in that quote, but I just took that part because that's the important part. So that, like, if I'm a Vancouver Canuck fan, I do not like the sound of that at all. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, like, he likes Vancouver, but he doesn't like to play for a shitty team. All right. That's what I get out of that. Right. That's right. So, I don't know. I don't know if that means he's going to sign a shorter-term deal this time and get the fuck out of there as soon as he's unrestricted. Or if he's going to continue to hold out. He could be offer-sheeted. Uh, Hughes cannot, but Peterson can be offshooted by another team. Probably won't be because never seems to happen in the NHL. But he, it's out there. Like if some is if Hughes signs first, and they only have like six million dollars of cap space left, other teams would be stupid not to offer Peterson seven seven, seven million yeah, over yeah. three or four years because they can't match. There you go. Yeah. You got him. You got yourself a superstar for sure. Yep. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out the rest of the summer. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota, the reigning Calder Trophy winner, he put up 27 goals and 51 points in 55 games as a rookie this year. Hell of a player. He can't be appreciated either, but he has threatened or at least put it out there that he might be willing to go to the KHL. So that's his leverage. Is if you don't if they don't pay him, he's going to the KHL. I think they'll get a deal done because they have a ton of cap space right now, but they have huge problems coming starting next year. They have 13 million of dead cap next year. 
and the two years after that are 15 million in dead cap. Wow. All because of the Parise and Suter buyouts earlier this summer. And wow. if you if you boys put your NHL cap hat on, it's only 81 and a half million. Mm-hmm. Imagine 15 million of your 81 and a half cap mm-hmm. unusable. That's no bueno. Definitely, definitely no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get out of that. They're also rumored in Eichel trade negotiations. So I don't know if they're going to try and like go for it all this year, get Eichel, sign Capers up, and then trade him away next year when they can't afford him. Is there any way you can trade cap space? Like, no, <laughs> here, take 10 million. Like, I'll give you 10 million in three years, <laughs> you know? You just send the goon out and practice and hurt him and just put him in the IRR or whatever, the injured reserve, and then bring him back when he's healthy. It's you can, it's not even well, yeah, you can do that with players that are playing, but they got so much dead cap, you can't do that to dead cap because he's already dead anyway. Minnesota is going to be a very interesting team to watch in terms of cap navigation over the next several years. Uh, Brady Kachuk in Ottawa has yet to sign. He commented that he's willing to commit long-term to Ottawa as long as ownership is willing to commit to spending what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, which we're all pretty sure that they are not. No, not, not at this point. Yeah. Maybe in a few years. So I don't know how that deal is going to shake out. Either he gets the warm and fuzzies that they're going to commit long-term and he's going to sign an eight-year deal. And waste his career. At a solid number, Maybe. Or uh, or he might sign just a bridge deal in like three or four years and see how the team develops, see if the owners are willing to spend the money, and if not, he might get the fuck out of Dodge. Go play with his brother. Maybe. He's apparently not that welcomed in Calgary anymore either. So <laughs> Maybe they'll go, both go play somewhere else. <laughs> Who knows? And last piece, uh, last big name RFA out there, Andre Svechnikov in Carolina. Yeah, he's a great player, and he should be re-upped in Carolina. There's no reason not to, but I don't know. Carolina's always been a bit weird with their cap, and they're notoriously cheap. They just let Dougie Hamilton walk, and they were actually the last team to be the victim of an offer sheet, although they didn't match it. It's Sebastian Ajo. What did you call me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we'll see what what they do with Sebastian but I think that deal will get done. They're just being cheap, trying to hold out as long as they can to get a good deal. And that brings us into uh, the No Fun League. What's going on in the NFL? Well, I'm going to take hold of this one because uh, if you've missed it, Jesse's away. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so this happened last Sunday. Uh, the Hall of Fame enshrinement, the 2020 and 2021 class. Just want to go through some of these uh, brand new Hall of Famers that deserve a little bit of recognition. And so we've got the 2020 class, Steve Atwater, who's a safety for the Broncos and the Jets. Isaiah Bruce, sorry, Isaac Bruce. Jesse would fucking <laughs> kill me if I said Isaac. <laughs> Isaac Bruce from Jesse's Rams, who was a wideout for the Rams and for the Niners. Steve Hutchison, a guard for the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Titans. Edron James, running back for the Colts, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Superstar safety, Troy Polamalu with the big old Pittsburgh Steelers. Big old hair. The big old hair. Bill Cower, Coach Cower, great fucking coach. Glad to see this guy in the Hall of Fame with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
and Jimmy Johnson of the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins, another great coach. Oh, yeah. But uh, I like Bill Cowher just a little bit more. So a lot of good players here. Edron James, of course, uh, played with Peyton Manning at the same time. Uh, he had Marvin Harrison and, oh, wow, I can't remember the other wide receiver's name. That's not good. But we're talking about Edron James, and he's in the hall. And Jesse will give you about fucking 20 minutes of Isaac Bruce stats and telling you how he's fucking better than Megatron and all these other guys. But uh, we know that just ain't true. Fucking Homer. (laughs) (laughs) So 2020 class, obviously that was celebrated this year because of the pandemic. COVID fucked us again. And uh, those guys couldn't get their bus in in uh, in Canton in 2020. So they got it this year. Now, 2021 class. Alan, Alan Fanica, guard from the Steelers and the Jets. Coach Tom Flores from the Oakland slash Los Angeles Raiders and the Seahawks. The aforementioned superstar Kelvin Megatron Johnson, yeah. wide out from the Leos. Uh, I believe if you go back into one of the early episodes, maybe first five episodes, Pete said that Kelvin Johnson was a fucking superstar. And one of us definitely said that he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And uh, here it is. First ballot yeah. Hall of Famer. Might have been more than one of us, I think. Yeah, maybe three out of the four. Definitely not Jesse. <laughs> not Jesse, for <laughs> sure. Uh, safety John Lynch from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Denver Broncos. This guy was fucking great. I really liked watching John Lynch. He was, he was a really, really good safety. Another guy that was really, really good. I talked about him just recently with Edger and James, Mr. Peyton Manning. One of the best quarterbacks of all time. Of course, he played for the Indy Colts and the Denver Broncos his entire career with a horse on his head. Now, did you did you hear his speech? I heard parts of it and oh, I laughed. Buddy. And he's a very good public speaker. And awesome. I should probably go back and listen to the whole thing because uh, I feel like it would be a really good one to to remember. Oh, he was going on with Tom Brady upon you know you're going to be whatever. 2035 before you retire and it's going to be a tweet how you do it and i don't know it's, <laughs> it, it was classic to listen to him just go it was decent he even brought up another player i can't remember his name he says you're probably still doing your speech right now i can't remember who he was talking about but he was um, showing off to the fact that this guy was just talking and rambling and rambling and he said you're probably just ended your speech but yeah <laughs> you know, it was good if you haven't heard it listen to him it was it was classic it was good Payne's actually a pretty funny guy like there's yeah. lots of lots of little shows and sketches that he does. It's pretty fucking funny. By the way, it just came to me. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. Yep. Fucking right. Thank you. At least I remember Marvin Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last uh, inductee to 2020 is uh, University of Michigan alum, Charles Woodson. Yeah. Quarterback. From, <laughs> from the Oakland Raiders and my hated Green Bay Packers. Boom. But I, I always like Seawood because he was, he was from Michigan and he was fucking great quarterback. Great quarterback. I hope I'm correct on this too, but he's, uh, I think he was raised by just his mother. And he says um, something about the lines of a mother can raise two boys and you don't need a man to be there to do so. So kudos to him. Absolutely, man. I mean, hey, you grow up with what you uh, what you're given, and and you make do. And uh, whether you have a single mom or mom and a dad, or two dads or two moms, whatever you 
you grow up to be with you and do your thing and be a man, be a woman, do you. Right. Be yeah. the best you can be no matter what, right? And, you know, like that's pretty much what Seawood's saying there. So I always hated Seawood just because our buddy Rusty is a big Green Bay fan. Yep. He loves Seawood and always be uh, pumping his chest about how many fucking <laughs> interceptions and sacks and shit he was getting. I always hated it, but uh, great player. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was the same way. I, I liked him because he is Michigan alum, but being a Bears fan and Russ being that Packers fan, it was uh, it was a tough goal for me to to cheer for him. And, and of course, Rusty wouldn't fucking he wouldn't have it. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Can't cheer for him. <laughs> so a bunch of guys with their uh, with their heads now in the Hall of Fame out in Canton. One day we should get out there and check that shit out, boys. That would be, be decent. Yeah, maybe we'll go to a Cleveland Browns game and then go to Canton. Just, just for shits and giggles. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe not, but maybe. But maybe. Maybe. So, last week we had the Hall of Fame game. We just had the Hall of Fame inductees. This week, first week of preseason. Lots of young QBs starting out. First first timers getting their first chance to uh, to start and to get in there. 49ers, Trey Lance had an 80 yard touchdown pass to Trent Sherfield, finished five of 14 for 128 yards and a TD. Not a horrible uh, start, not a great start. But I think uh, I think overall the Niners are going to be happy with with that that start and and can see you know what he's actually able to do in uh, in a game situation. It's pretty tough. Uh, you know, you can you can pretend it's a game all you want in practice, but it never is really a game. So same type of thing with Trevor Lawrence. Everybody is wanting to see this. They thought they thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be the savior to Jacksonville, and he very well could be, but wasn't on day one in the preseason. He went six for nine, 71 yards, and had a 90.5 rating. Strip sacked on the first uh, snap of his first possession. He did grab his own fumble, so that was a, a savior there. <laughs> and he ended up you know, two and a half half decent and making some nice passes to newcomer Marvin Jones, so on and so forth. So Lawrence had a, you know, an all right, an all right debut in the preseason. Uh, I think he's going to get better. Obviously, um, most of these QBs will. But we'll have to see. Is he going to be, uh, is he going to be the savior? Not this guy. I called no? that right off the start. Not this Kev, guy. Kev thinks he's a bigger bust than Ryan Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, I, that I, is a fucking hot take. I don't. I, I believe I did say that he's not going to be all that. You definitely didn't say that. I just made that up right now. But <laughs> <laughs> putting words into Kev's mouth and oh, hot sure. take mouth for sure. <laughs> no, I did. I, I believe I did say that this guy's not going to do so well. And I don't know. I still see it. I, I don't think that this glamour kid is going to do so well in Jacksonville. though. I mean, he's got a, you know, a quote unquote college coach, you know, that's going to run some college schemes. I think he's going to do what he can to help out uh, Lawrence and to, to feel comfortable getting started in the NFL. But will a college game work in the NFL? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. So I think the only thing that worked for them was that shotgun. That's the only thing I think that they took from the um, NCAA to the NFL. Man, I just don't know. I should probably. I'm gonna throw out a challenge. That went the other way. I was gonna say so. Came up with the shotgun. Did they not? Came with the NCAA. 
Sig, but the NCAA has the pistol, not the shotgun. That's right. That it was the pistol, is what I was saying. There's a pistol. That's an entirely different kind it's, of firearm. Yeah. <laughs> no, NCAA came up with the pistol, and the NFL um, took it on. Huh. I'm not seeing the shotgun. Yeah, there's a pistol. For those of us not so fucking NFL smart, what the fuck's a pistol? It's half of a shotgun. Half of a shotgun. Yeah. Basically, like, the quarterback is half as close. Oh, like half as deep? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I just fucking Googled pistol versus shotgun, and I got a bunch of stuff about fucking self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant the pistol guys, not shotgun. Yeah. Okay. We'll let that one go. Oh, so we're not challenging here? No. It's a renege on the challenge? It's a simple miscommunication. I see, I see. It's that 6.9%, fucker. All right, so Pete, you just mentioned the New York Jets. Newcomer QB Zach Wilson shine in his preseason debut, completing six to nine passes for 63 yards and a passer rating of 86.8. He connected with new addition wideout Corey Davis, and that was his best throw of the night. He had a couple drops and so on and so forth. But overall, pretty good uh, day for Zach Wilson, which is good for the Jets because they haven't had a good quarterback since butt fumble. <laughs> no, I was good. Was it was fucking no butt fumble wasn't even good. Like, I'm weird. trying to think. Well, who Chad Pennington maybe, and he was serviceable. Like maybe Brett Favre, but he was well past his prime. I can't think of anybody else that was like, I mean, Joe Namath, obviously, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, see, we got nothing. Like, you guys are quiet as fuck. You got nothing. No, I got, I got nothing. That good. Might be Joe. I'm sure there was some uh, Jets fan out there screaming some name that we're not thinking of. But... No good quarterback since Joe Namath. There you go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> and Green Bay Packer Jordan Love completed 12 of 15. Sorry, 12 of 17 passes for 122 yards and a touchdown at 110.4 pass rating, not too shabby. After going three and out on the first two possessions, got his shit together. And uh, second year signal caller is calm, confident, and decisive. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And my boy. <laughs> and my boy, Justin Fields, rookie QB for the Super Chicago Bears. He had one of the better weeks for the QB class, rookie class this, uh, this week. Pass rating 106.7, 14 out of, out of 20 for 142 yards at TD. He also had five carries for 33 yards and another TD. He did have a fumble as well. Bust. Yeah. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Happens. He got two fucking touchdowns. I'll take it, man. Fuck. <laughs> the way we go, touchdowns don't come very often, so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he looked good. Uh, you know what? This is pretty much the only stuff that I really got into watching. Uh, I liked what I saw. It looks like he's, uh, you know, mobile as ever and he can throw on the run, lots of sidearm stuff that uh, look Mahomes esque. And I like that. I, I was quite happy. He, uh, he hit, hit an open receiver, like wide open. Uh, I just flipped it over the top and it was an easy running in backwards touchdown, which I, uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, I hope I can see lots of that uh, in the future. And I hope this kid gets in and like, you know, the second half of week one, because I don't want to see Andy Dalton <laughs> and I don't want to see Nick Foles either. So let's just get Justin Fields and start, just, just start his career. The, it's just a waste of time. If you don't, it really right. is. Yep. And the last of the uh, rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones for the Patriots, he completed 13 of 19 passes for 87 yards. 
the stat line doesn't do justice to his performance. He had the look and feel of a veteran and carried New England, uh, the New England offensive accordingly. And I mean, this to me, this is another one of those ones that just like get Cam out of there yep. and just put Mac Jones in. Yep. No, I, let him roll with it. I saw a bit of that uh, that game. I mean, it was just yeah. Jones is the better person to sit there and start with. And uh, I mean, for sure, it's going to be Cam's job to lose. But if Cam plays the same as he did last year, Mac has this by week three, week four, maybe. I agree. You know, or at least give him a shot. You know what I mean? There's definitely something to be said, though, for not throwing in your brand new rookie quarterback to the Wolves and letting them build up some confidence first. Like, I, I'm sure there's been many quarterbacks out there that probably could have been decent starters that just their careers were destroyed by getting thrown in there too early and throwing all kinds of interceptions and incompletions, whatever, because they weren't ready and they didn't get the confidence and then they just never got it back. Yeah, you're probably not wrong there. Probably not wrong. And, I mean, look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? He sat behind... Brett Favre for Favre for two years, you know, just sitting there watching the man work. So, but the thing is, is that they're not the same kind of quarterback and sitting and waiting behind Cam isn't going to help him much. In my opinion, you know, if it was a different type of quarterback, the same type, you know, yeah, Mac can move. He's still mobile, but he's not a run first quarterback. Like in my opinion, Cam is, or Cam maybe Cam should be because he's, <laughs> but, but anyway so we'll see how these qbs uh progress over the next uh, couple weeks here in the preseason and uh, we'll see you know how quickly some of these guys get into the into the real show you know i know there's going to be a few there the first three guys are likely starting day one that we the first three guys that we talked about there and the other guys uh, they're gonna have to bide their time until their starting QBs get hurt or uh, shit the bed. Or fuck it right <laughs> up. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying I'm I'm hoping – I don't want to see anybody really get hurt, but I need Justin Fields in there in the first game. So <laughs> Red Rifle, if he could throw four touchdowns – or four uh, interceptions, sorry, in the first half, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll put Fields in there. <laughs> get this – get his career started. I want to watch the first Bears game of the season with you. Just be like, throw a pick. Throw yeah. a pick. <laughs> ah, fuck, they scored. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, so from the no fun league to the crappy football league, what do we got, Kev? Yeah, crappy football. It's still up and running, obviously. It's already started, as in going into week two. BC Lions uh, beat the Calgary 15-9. Uh, to nine. We had our Argonauts just got their asses handed to them by Winnipeg, 20 to 7. Montreal beat the Elks, 30 to 13. Hamilton just got destroyed by Saskatchewan, 30 to 8. Now with the uh, East, there's a three-way tie. With Montreal having a bye first week, we have uh, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto with two points. Hamilton is still waiting for their first win. So we have in the uh, the West, we have a two-way tie on top, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, BC holding on to third, and then we have the uh, bottom feeders with Edmonton and Calgary with two losses. With Calgary, Foley Levi Mitchell has never, ever started his career in the uh, uh, crappy football league um, 0-2, and he has done so this year. 
golf. We have the Winham Championship. Now this is in pretty intense. Went into a six-man playoff. Crazy man. That is to have six people sit there all tied up at minus fifteen. It's incredible. Kevin Kim, Kishnire, uh made a birdie on the second uh, hole, second extra hole to win a record tying six band playoff at the championship on Sunday. Huh. That's pretty intense to have six, like again, six people trying to win this champion or win this tournament is just for sure. How did it work? Like if you didn't match the score on the first hole, are you like, out? yeah, yeah. You, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. But they all did. So you can't like, you can't par the first hole and Eagle, the second one and match right. the couple of no, birdies. No, no. it's like sudden death. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was, I believe, to the uh, golf's regular season uh, came to the close on that Sunday with a lot of last day jockeying with the uh, jockeying to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs start next week um, at the Northern Trust. Only the top 125 advanced to the uh, to this event. After that, top 70 make the uh, BMW Championship, and lastly, the top 30 get a spot in the uh, lucrative season-ending um, tour championship. Duffel bags of cash makes uh makes it very interesting. Kev, do you know for the in the six man playoff? Do you know how many guys were on the second hole and of the playoff? Like, was it just two guys? Was it four? You know what I mean? I honestly don't know how they did that. You can't have obviously all six go off at once. Why not? I don't think they would have done that. I, I again, I have no idea how they did it, but I don't think they would have had all six tee off. I think they might have done them in threes. Right. But you don't know how many ended up being going to the second playoff hole. No, I believe it was all six of them that went to the playoff. Oh, the really? So they all parred the first hole or whatever. And then, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. Right. It would be cool if they just said six guys tee off. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> six guys. Next, next shot. Boom, 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 right. boom, boom, boom. Great. I, I, again, I don't know if they've would have done it that way. I'm assuming they just did three and three. Three and three, yeah. And then find out at the, the next tee off what happened at the other back. Or they would have just have to wait to see the outcome. Yeah. Now, going into some uh, tennis news, we have um, Roger Federer. Uh, he may be out for some time here, guys. I mean, he's going to have surgery again on his knee for the third time. This is going to you know, hold him back for a possible return, but... Who knows? It's Federer. The guy's pretty tough. Or he can leave as being one of the top in his tennis career. Arguably the best of all time, no? It could be. I mean, you do have um, Rafael Nadal that's still going on. You know, you still have the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, but they're still playing. I mean, if he, yeah. if he ends up retiring, does he not go down as the best of all time at this point? Or do you think that the Joker or Nadal are already better than him? Uh, one more win. One more big win. Yeah. Because these guys, the three of them are all tied at 20, right? Championships. And what about some of the older guys like Pete Sampras? Like, I'm sure Federer is well past him on Grand Slams oh, and all that good stuff. For right? sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Sampras is like a fucking back page, man. He's like, this back in 1986, right, bro? It's right. 1986. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your hospitality, you guys. <laughs> As I carry on in the WNBA, we have uh, the Seattle Storm win for their second time that's pretty decent they go out and they beat connecticut sun 79 to 57 now the mvp went to uh, brianna stewart for the second time as well that's the you know 
decent to sit there and watch and, and see that the that these ladies are, I would say, just as good or just as entertaining as the the men. I kind of enjoyed it. Pretty cool. More dunks is what I want to see, though. Yeah, lower that rim, right, bud? Yeah. Lower it, shrink it, and get rid of the three-point line, right? No, <laughs> no, no. What I was thinking about that three-point line, let's say you know you guys are talking about your out-of-bounds. Here we go. What have we done? <laughs> Why don't you just bring the three-point further back? Leave your leave your sideline, leave that that same spot as your three point, but just bring it back a foot or two. I mean, yeah, that's because the side, anyways, the side needs to be just as long as the top, so it needs to be the same distance. So you can't just unless you're going to make that a three and a half pointer or a four pointer because you're going to stretch it two feet at the top as opposed to the side. But you can't. Yeah. If you don't move it, leave the sides. So your feet are still there for three points, but just increase your three points back at least more you can sit there and have a straight line still come out more and with an arc but then it's easier to hit a three-point in the corner so you're going to see way more th- corner threes than anything then so be it there's also not much space there already right that's like what I mean, not yeah. a, there's not a ton of floor space left to get a three-pointer in on the corner no well, that's why you're saying leave it but if you extend it out the top end then it makes that a I don't know what the numbers are. Let's say it's a 30 footer from the corner. If right. you make it a 33 footer from the top end, then it's nobody's going to shoot theoretically from a 33 feet to get three points when you can shoot from 30 feet to get three. Why points. not? They do it already. Yeah. And Dame. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them that do it from that far, man. So I don't know. But carrying on in regards to let's getting out of that uh, three point spot that my brain keeps on thinking it's a better uh, spot. <laughs> so. So that's six point nine percent beer you got going. That's right, man. <laughs> and, and and a bit of the uh, doobie doobie doo. <laughs> Let's get into our penalty boxes, guys. We're gonna uh, start this off, I guess, with Pedro. All right, staying on the three pointer kind of basketball tangent. I've got Goran Dragic in my penalty box because after being recently traded to the Toronto Raptors as part of the Kyle Lowry signing trade. He was quoted as saying that, uh, and this is translated, but the quote is that Toronto is not my preferred destination. I have higher ambitions. We'll see. Now he was later uh, on the record as saying that this was taken out of context and wasn't what he was trying to say. But it seems clear to me, at least, that he's not all that happy about coming to Toronto because he doesn't think, I guess, he's able to win a championship here. The last time I checked in recent memory, Toronto has way more championships than he does in recent history. With one. <laughs> so he's in my penalty box for these comments. Um, you know, that, it's not like it's fucking some superstar that's coming here. It's, saying that he doesn't want to play with the team. Like, it's fucking Goran Dragic. He's... Yeah, like, you're a bench guy. Know your role. And, exactly. And I'll bet you he changes his fucking tune once he gets to Toronto and plays in Toronto and and hears the fans and all the good shit. Like, we're – I think we're going to a pretty good fan base here in Chio. And and uh, I think a lot of players, like, even Kawhi, he didn't really want to come here. But when he got here, he was like, holy fuck. You know, now he obviously had the opportunity to go home um had that 
had there been a long-term contract here in Toronto, like if he was traded earlier in his contract uh, from the Spurs, you know, who knows, maybe he would have said, fuck going home. I, you know, if he already played two or three years here, maybe he would have resigned more because of the fans and because of the system and the, and the organization. And I think this bench player Dragic is going to learn that pretty quick. And if he doesn't, See you the fuck later, bro. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See the fuck at you. See you later. Don't need you on my team. Exactly. Anyway, he's in my box for his uh, stupid comments. Let's see if he can uh, turn that around and play like he wants to be here. Josh, who's in your box? All right. So I've got FC Barcelona in my box. So a couple weeks ago, we had told you that. Barcelona and Lionel Messi had verbally agreed to a five-year contract that would see Messi take a 50% pay cut. We were quite happy that he was able to stay in Barcelona. That has all of a sudden changed. And due to La Liga spending limits, Barcelona is unable to fit Messi into or fit Messi's contract into their, uh, you know, their limits, their financial limits, kind of like a cap type thing. Uh, unless they completely restructure the team's finances. And um, we're talking from top to bottom. And obviously that's not going to happen in a multi-million for sure dollar company, even though it probably should have. This is a guy, Lionel Messi, that you should not be giving up. Sure, he's past his prime, but he is a legend. He's a legend, period. Not just for Barcelona, but he's a legend, period. And still a great, great player. So... He had a 17-year career with Barcelona. Joined the club when he was 13. Played 778 games, which is a record number of appearances. 672 goals, which is another record. 10-time La Liga champion and a four-time Champions League winner. And he was also a six-time golden ball winner. So for Barcelona to just pack it in and, and give this guy up with, you know, I assume that there was an attempt to to move things around and to to try and save that you know pay him that 50 percent, which is still a shit ton of money but i just don't know how you give this guy up i don't know how you let him walk you know now get on psg they have a hell of a team now and uh they're gonna they're gonna be a really good team in the france or for, excuse me french league um but barcelona's in my box because in my opinion you cannot let this guy leave um it'll be different if it was a trade situation where you're getting somebody back for him kind of like the Gretzky situation where you know really sucked he was there for a long time great player sucked for him to leave but at least you got something back for him in this case they get fucking nothing they get chirped by their fans and chirped by points of penalties because they can't hold on to you know a top five player in in the world right now and getting no one and getting no one back and like clearly the best player to ever play for Barca. Yeah. And for sure one of the best players all time. Yep. Maybe not the best, but he's up there. He's definitely up there. He's definitely, yeah. I'd say top ten all time for sure. Yeah, I'd say top five. Yeah. So Barcelona sucks. I I don't understand why they I get it's a business. I get it's all money, but man, try and make something work. Keep this guy around. Yeah. Anyway, that's my box. Kev, I know you got somebody. Tell me oh, who yeah. it is. Yeah, I have a UFC fighter. I have uh, Jordan Williams. Jordan Williams stopped a man from stealing his car on Thursday. Williams 
left his car running in a gas station parking lot in Denver as he quickly ran into um, a store to buy a drink. As the UFC fighter exited the station, he witnessed a man climbing into his car, attempt to back up. Williams then immediately ran over to the vehicle, pulled the individual out, and basically kind of gave him an MMA lesson in, in process in regards to, hey, bud, you're stealing in, my car. In manners? He gave him yeah. a lesson in manners? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled him out and fed him a couple here nor there. I don't know who's really at the wrong here, man. Williams for leaving his car running while running into the store or the guy just, you know, taking the wrong car at the wrong time. So I guess they're kind of both in the box there for me. There's a lot of people you don't want to steal a car from. And that's one, especially in uh, MMA MMA fighters. Mafia is probably up there. Uh, (laughs) Police officer is probably up there. Maybe like an NFL linebacker is probably up there. <laughs> but maybe not even as high as an MMA fighter. Yeah, like they're trained in street fighting to beat your ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we're definitely the wrong dude to, to take a car from. Bad, bad choice, Mr. Uh, Mr. Grand Theft Auto. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's who I got in there. Jordan Williams. And really, it, sh- it should be the guy that took his Tried to take his car, but we don't know his name. So. No. Yeah. Maybe it's John Williams. <laughs> Could be. Probably not. All right, Pete, tell us about our challenges and our scores. Uh, they went bad. For, for you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two challenges. One is uh, Tyler Gilbert's age, which we all just sort of took a stab at, because why the fuck not? Uh, and Josh had it right. At 27 years old, me and Kev were off. And then Kev thought that the Panthers hadn't made it to the second round since the G- the uh, Van Beansbrook era. And he was right. <laughs> I thought that, that would, there's no way that could be true, but the Panthers are just salty garbage. Horrendous. Just brutal. Good luck, Joe. That's all I so, got to say, bud. That is, uh, that's minus two points for Peter. Kev broke even. And a plus one for Yosh. Yeah. Which brings our season totals. Jesse is leading the pack at plus nine. Fucking Washtos tournament. Uh, Peter is in second still at plus five. And Robin. (laughs) Josh moves up to a minus two. And Kev remains at minus 10. Not a bad week. Nope. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Not my best. You guys did well. That's okay. These things happen. Yeah, you've uh, you've dropped quite a few points in the last uh, few weeks here. Yeah, having a bad summer. It's okay. I'll pick it back up in the fall just in time to to win that uh, dinner. that, That dinner. That steak dinner. Oh, yeah. It's going to be steak, by the way. <laughs> For sure, it's going to be steak, of course. <laughs> if I can if I can miraculously pull my ass out of my head here and get the, you know, me to win, I'm going to lobster. Hey, bud, we're still going to have fucking steak and lobster and beers all together, so it doesn't right matter who fucking yeah. wins. So. And, Kev, I hate to break it to you, but it, it's, a lo- it's a lost cause, man. 
I know. I know. <laughs> Just start saving your pennies. <laughs> yeah, but nickels, you mean there's no such thing as pennies. Nickels. Well, yeah, you can still save your pennies. All it's right. awfully tough. All Just right. have to do it on paper. <laughs> All right, Kev, tell me how your drink was. It was decent. I mean, after the second one, you know, that taste of the um, citrusy kind of stuff went away. So that wasn't too bad. I mean, it definitely affected uh, myself in this podcast. And what were you drinking? I was drinking myself Symphony IPA. What's the brewery, bud? <laughs> brewery is Rhythm and Brews. Rhythm. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rhythm and Brews. Challenge. Challenge. Yeah, I should have challenged him. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, Rhythm and Brews. There we go. Yeah, that's why it has the music notes on it. So it's actually a, it's like a bar slash brewery in Cambridge and they've got live music there a bunch and whatnot. I've yet to be there, but uh, we're yet to go there. Sorry, but it looks like it's a pretty cool place to go. And I don't know, you said the beer was all right after the second one. So that probably means that I'll like it after the first one. That's and, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, that might be another place because it's uh, pretty local. We might need to take a little tour to you. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. So Pedro. That was yours, sir. Yeah, Kev, thanks. My Flying Monkey Craft Brewery, Worlds Away Modern Lager. It's pretty good. It's a nice, light, light drinking, easy, easy, um, easy drinking, light tasting. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I still don't know what a modern lager is, but uh, you know, it's pretty good. The can is uh, crazy looking. That's always fun, and it's pretty good beer. Josh. How was yours? Okay, so my Endless Summer Pineapple Sour, 4.3%, the bitch of the week uh, from Manitoulin Brewing was excellent. Like I said uh, earlier, when I took my first sip, I was uh, definitely puckered up, but I I enjoyed the uh, the pineapple sour. It was my first time having the pineapple sour, and I would definitely get it again. It was good. Um, very islandy taste, you know, southern summer type thing. And as I'm just reading the can here, I'm just reading that... Uh, for every can of Endless Summer Purchase, Manitoulin Brewing Company will donate five cents to the upkeep and care of our beautiful Great Lakes. And that nice. is fucking awesome. That is awesome. So Manitoulin Brewing, pretty good. Endless Summer. Cheers to uh, to them and to all your beers, gents. Cheers right to on. a great episode. And uh, for everybody here, points of penalties. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box. box.